Welcome to Hustle and Thrive, a working culture podcast for conversations on living, working, and thriving in arts and culture. This episode is hosted by myself, Yomi John, and co-host Stephanie Draker. We've been curious about how folks are coping during a pandemic, and we asked Stefan Dyer, who's a comedian and speaking coach, to share about his experience. We wanted to know what he's doing to run his public speaking school, which is called Malpensando. We wanted to know his thoughts on productivity during a lockdown and how he manages information overload. Stefan is a former banker turned comedian, so listen for what inspired his career change and why he thinks artists and creatives are powerful. Thank you so much, Stefan, for joining us on Hustle and Thrive. How do we know Stefan? So in March, we, we as in Working Culture, we hosted the Navigating in the Arts for Newcomer Roundtable Discussion, which was led by my colleague Steph, who's also co-hosting today. Steph, say hi. Hi, everyone. And Steph had so many wonderful things to say about you, and I thought it would be a great to have you on the show. So thanks for being part of that roundtable and you. joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. I'll stop it. I'll stop it. But thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so you're a comedian and a speaking coach tell us a bit about your work and how you help people be better public speakers yes so i've been uh, a comedian and a a public speaking coach full-time for the last three years although i've been doing it for more that's definitely my my passion i get to I'm like the I'm like the dog whisperer, but for public speaking, I help people understand what they're good at, what they can improve, but mostly, I help them be themselves on stage. Whoever they want to be on stage, I can help them reach that. And through my comedy and public speaking school that I co-founded with with my business partner Juan Cajal, we've helped over 500 people in five countries become funny, confident speakers. And it's really fulfilling to get to see people overcome the fear of speaking in front of an audience. But also the best part is when they make them laugh. Do you think, is it possible to teach people to be funny or do you help people channel their comedic side to be better public speakers? Both, both. It's absolutely funny. I I definitely think that we're, people think, a lot of people think that you're born with it. And it's definitely, obviously, some people are more charismatic and and some are more extroverts and whatnot, but you can learn it for sure. I would say that the vast majority of introverts at our workshops do better than extroverts. And I'm not saying that that extroverts will do horrible, but they they do well. It's just that introverts um, typically don't think that they can do well and they work hard at it. They, they listen, and when you get on stage, it's just like a, a fraction of your personality that you, that you really maximize on stage, and fantastic things can happen. You, you, you can definitely learn it. Mm, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that introverts would do much better at this than people who are much more outgoing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very interesting, but it, we've seen it over the years. And it's fantastic to people to see people get really confident and then go and kill it at work presentations and in social environments everywhere. And, and Stefan, how, how did you get to this point? Um, like, what brought you to comedy? Well, 
when I was in, I worked at Scotiabank. It started in 2010 after I graduated from the University of Toronto in finance here in, in 2010. And I realized that even in my last years of university, I was always thinking of, of funny scenarios, funny things in my head all the time. It was like a way of, of, my, of my mental procrastinating, I think. And, you know, when you're in school, you, there's always like a next step. It's like you're in first grade, the next step is second grade. You're in 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, university, fourth year, you get a job. And then once I finally started having a little bit of disposable income, I was like, well, now I can decide for myself what my next step is. And throughout my first years at Scotiabank, I was writing a lot of things that I thought were funny on Twitter. And my tweets were starting to get some notoriety. And then this little app called Vine came about. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about it. It, it um, doesn't exist anymore, but it was like six seconds. You had to do something in six seconds, 6.6 seconds, I think it was. And I started doing a lot of things that I thought were funny. I started transferring my tweets into audiovisual, so into videos. And a lot of them were going viral or having lots and lots of views. I started getting thousands of followers. And I'm like, wow, I, I, I thought I was funny, but I didn't think other people thought I was funny. So I started getting thousands of followers. And in 2012, right before Vine, I also joined Toastmasters, which is, as, as some of you know, it's an organization of public speaking. And I started seeing that every speech that I would do, people were laughing, but it wasn't a serious topic. I mean, it wasn't a, a comedic topic. It was like a ser on a serious note, people were still laughing. And then everyone was like, oh, you're funny, you're funny. And then I was like, well, I got something here. And finally, in, in 2014, one of my best friends, he hosted a Spanish open mic. I am from Costa Rica. And, and here he, host, he hosted a Spanish open mic where people could do music, poetry, uh, guitar, whatever, whatever they wanted. And he asked me and my, and my business partner, then friend, now business partner, if, uh, if I wanted to do, if we wanted to do stand-up in Spanish. I'd never done stand-up comedy. So I said, yes, of course I'll do stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was horrible it, it was horrible but people laughed at a couple things it was a horrible but people laughed and then I was instantly addicted to to live live comedy and my first two years were horrible I I, I sucked but then I started reading books and I started taking workshops and failing a lot a lot a lot on stage till the point where now I do it full-time. I've done shows in, in nine countries, I think, by now, and over 400 shows. And now I, I have my own comedy and public speaking school. So it was fail till you make it. Fail till you become it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, um, I mean, what a leap from, from finance to – well, maybe not. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah. When, I, yeah. when I quit my job, people thought I was joking. And I was like, no, no, this is yeah. my joke. 
it all ties in together. Um, it, it leads me to wonder, though, with the uh, the COVID nineteen crisis that we're experiencing right now, and uh, the social distancing effect. Uh, how are you coping not being able to run your in-person shows or your in-person programming at your school? That's a very good question. I think that we've always been really good with Huang, my business partner, and I to, to reinvent ourselves, to innovate. But not just randomly. We'll, we'll innovate based on what our clients say or what our friends say. So initially... When we quit our jobs, we thought we'd be living off of shows. But a couple months before, we started listening to people that came to our shows and they were like, oh, how can we do what you guys do, which is overcome the fear of public speaking and make people and connect with people through laughter. So we're like, oh, we'll put together a workshop. And now, three years after, that's what we do full time. Had we not innovated back then, we would never be doing this. And... Turns out that the most recurring income we have until COVID-19, obviously, is, is the workshops. But now, for the last three years, we've been, we've been uh, listening to our, our followers online be like, oh, do you guys have uh, an, an online workshop? We're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it soon. We're working on it. And, and we've been like talking about it, but not really acting on it. So... Once this little thing got more, more and more serious until like 10 days ago where it was like, whoa, this, this is not a, a, a thing of two weeks. It's, it's probably going to be like two months. And even, right. and even when it gets fixed, like it's not business as usual. So of course. five days ago, we launched our first online workshop and we put $200 on Facebook ads to, to uh, both – promote our English workshops, online workshop via Zoom, and our Spanish workshop via Zoom because we, we teach um, in two languages. And we're also asking for government support with the emergency benefit response package or whatever. Um, but we also have savings in our company and personal savings because you also have to be financially responsible to be an artist. Certainly. I think a, a number of folks right now, organizations and artists, business owners, creative entrepreneurs, um, if they didn't have a risk management plan in place beforehand, are really looking at um, at those now. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also this shift that everyone's going through. But I feel like once everyone gets really, really used to the idea that we are probably going to be home for much longer, they would be more comfortable um, clicking and um participating on online learning opportunities for sure we we have to innovate we were also struggling with the idea of should we bring down our prices significantly just because people are struggling right now or some people are and we're like no i mean we do give um a 30 percent discount with the code stay home but we're not we're not bringing down our prices because, first of all, we gotta eat. Like we're, we're artists, and, and we gotta we gotta like our art and our work and what we teach has a lot of value. There's other people who are who are um, they're saving a lot of money. Some people 
all my friends are like, wow, I'm saving so much money eating at home, staying at home, not going out, not drinking alcohol, not partying, not traveling. So a lot of people are having even more disposable income right now. I know it's not the majority of the people because it, it's serious and people have been affected. But the people who've been affected, they could probably not take our workshop anyways. So we're, we're just pricing accordingly and hope that the people who can take it will take it because it's very important to, to, to identify your niche market, whether it's in a downturn of the economy or in a, in a normal economy. And I know, and, and we've identified ours pretty good. It's, it's, it's definitely people from, from 34 to 50 and it's people who have, uh, more than that, not, not more than enough disposable income, but who definitely value personal growth and development and have the money to do it. So maybe people who are coming out of, of school or high school, they don't have the money. They wouldn't take this class anyways. So we just have to continue to, to segment our, our target demographics accordingly and hope that people will jump on board with this new, new uh, business line that we have. Yeah, um, it's great to know that you know your audience and you're, you have your own strategy and you, you using that to determine who or how you go about your, your um, business. Um, let's just shift gears a bit. From your perspective as a business owner, can you share your thoughts about being productive during this period? And, and the reason why I bring this up is because right now on social media, especially on Twitter, you see a couple of people who are bringing up this idea that, oh, because now that we're all in quarantine, um, this is a good time to start a business. But I, I'm sensing that they, some people don't understand that a lot of people are under a lot of stress because maybe they're caregivers or they've lost their, their current um, job opportunities or they just are not, they're so worried about the situation that they can't even be, begin to think of how to, come up with a new business idea. However, some people are have the time and are willing to actually um, undertake those kinds of things. So what do you think, what, what are your thoughts on this idea of being productive? And what are things that you might be doing to keep things going for your school? I know you've already mentioned that you are planning to you have the on online courses going. Yeah. So are there other things that you are thinking of or you're doing for your business that are keeping you productive? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this question. I could talk about eight hours about this question. So basically <laughs> it depends on, it depends on everyone's case. So obviously if you're having a, an emotional breakdown, it's, it's tough, but even then I think that once you get past it or, or you, you have to acknowledge your situation. I think self-awareness is, is the best gift that anyone can have. And obviously if, if you're going through a rough patch, what, what's mm. your situation? Do you have 16 hours of, of disposable time in your hands? And, and, and are you crying all day that could you do something with, with that time? Or, or are, are you making enough? Like, are you doing something about it? Have you applied for uh, employment insurance? Have you uh, applied to other things? I mean, if, Right now I'm, I'm unemployed and, and I should be crying, but I'm super happy about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't have any income right now and I, I don't have that much 
savings. I guess I have a, a two month baby and, and, and my wife is on mat leave, but I'm having, I'm having an amazing time because I'm being super productive in things that, that I did not have the time to do before when it was go, go, go. So there's so many projects that I, that I want to do that I don't have the time or, or that I put so many excuses that like I say, I just have excuses that I don't have the time. So my advice would be, if you have the time, this is definitely an opportunity to reinvent yourself. And I don't mean necessarily you have to create a new business, but I mean, what other projects can you work on right now that would yield dividends in the future and not necessarily cash right now? Like a lot of people think, oh, I'm productive and, and that means cash all the time. No, that, that doesn't mean money all the time. There's a lot of things that I'm working on right now that will yield dividends in, in the future. For example, I'm taking a course of uh, that a friend gave it to me of the Wolf of Wall Street in, in selling, Jordan Belfort. I mean, you could disagree with the guy and think he's, he's, he's a bad person. Maybe he is, maybe he's not, but he's definitely a monster when it comes to sales. So I'm, I'm taking his course right now. Uh, I didn't pay for it. My, my friend gave it to me, all the videos. Don't tell anyone, but, <laughs> but he's a monster. It's 10, 10 videos of one hour, and I'm... I'm going to be so much better with when it comes to sales when this when when I get to sell again. If you think about it, you you sell all the time though. So so it it works all the time. Even in a downturn, especially in a downturn. Another thing that I'm doing is I'm reading a book called The Artist's Way, which is a it's like a spiritual path to creativity. So if you have a creative block or sometimes you don't feel um that you have enough courage or, or the energy to, to undertake creative projects. It's it, sometimes I feel like I want to cry when I'm doing the exercises, but it, it's definitely opening the floodgates of creativity. It's just, I'm doing like 30 minutes of journaling every day. I haven't missed a single day. I, I over for like 15 days straight, I've been organizing my comedy notes that I hadn't done in months for 22 days straight right now. Does that, does that get me any money? No, not right now, but eventually it will. For sure, it, these three things will yield dividends in the future. Um, I'm running twice a week, and that doesn't make it involve any money, but being healthy, will that yield dividends? For sure, in the long term. Uh, other things that I'm doing is I'm archiving all my pictures from my old laptops into my hard drive. So, and I'm going to throw out those old, I have a Toshiba from 2003. Can you believe that? Like that's not, that's not my current laptop. And then I, I, I have a, a MacBook right now and it's kind of new, but I have pictures from my 2003 Toshiba and a 2007 PowerBook G4 from Mac. Like I don't think they even make them anymore. And I'm taking out all those pictures Zero money, lots of uh, satisfaction inside of me because I'm going to throw them out pretty soon. But now I get to keep my pictures. So, and then I'm calling my grandma. I'm calling my friends. I'm, I'm, I'm sending important business relationships emails or calling them. How are you? When was the last time we did that? Not like I need this from you. How are you? And does that make me any money right now? No. But 
Will it make me money in the future? Maybe. I'm, I'm doing it because I, because relationships move at the speed of vulnerability. And this is a, this is a, this is a vulnerable time. So this is the best time to make those calls and strengthen and foster those relationships that we don't get to foster when it's like all business, 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 which is 99% of the year. I mean, I think it's great that you've been able to funnel those energies and really um, be very intentional on the uh, about the information that you've been taking in, Stefan. I mean, that's great, um, particularly since you can link it back to um, your business activities and um, also just being mindful of what the community needs. Um, I'm also wondering at the same time if, if you're experiencing this. I mean, that we were talking about it earlier this week, um, just the whole concept about information overload during this time. Um, trying to balance breaking news and all the online content that of that of course has sprung up. I mean, I know I'm getting challenged on Instagram every other day to do 10 push-ups yeah. uh, from people that I haven't spoken to in months. Um, you know, I mean, it just seems to be endless right now. Um, you, you've spoken about it a bit, but um, you know, do you mind sharing some other things that you're doing personally to cope with, um, with that during this time? Yes. I love this question. I could talk about it for 12 hours too. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm on Instagram less than I was before. You know what? Because, mm. I, because I love not doing what people are doing. It's not that I'm a hater. It's mm. that I think that the element of surprise, like in marketing and in guerrilla, it, it's the best thing you can do. Do what other people aren't doing. Cause then you'll be unexpected and you'll cause, um, you'll definitely be noticed. So right, yeah, I, I've been challenged to do like 200 push-ups. I don't, I don't even like to do push-ups. <laughs> I, why would I do push-ups? I like my, I do running. I mean, it's not that I don't try new stuff, but it's you have to be focused to accomplish stuff. I have this little book called the Productivity Planner. It's like a journal, like an agenda. I bought it at Indigo Chapters, and it's like twenty nine dollars, and it's absolutely fantastic because it tells you to do things in. Pomodoros, which is 25-minute units. And you can't do anything, anything except what you're doing in 25 minutes. Try it. You'll be so blown out of the water how much we get distracted in 2020. It's insane. You can't do anything without getting distracted. I hid my Instagram uh, little icon in a folder on my iPhone, and and, um, my my thumb would keep going to the Instagram place and it's not there anymore. I'm, I'm so addicted to, to these things. And so I hit it. And another thing that I do is to not get overly worried. I just check the news once and it's literally from either the press conference at 11 AM or the, 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 the official source from the Canada page. So I don't have time for fake news on WhatsApp or Facebook and I don't check my phone. First of all, I don't have any notifications on my phone. If, if people want to get to me, they'll have to call me. And even then I, I have it on silent some of the times. And well, wow, that's bold. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just, you get, I monitor my screen time too. And I try to keep it under four hours average per day. And it's, it's hard. Like I think for people in 2020, 
Try, check your screen time. You'll probably have five hours and a half or something per day. It's insane the amount of time we spend on, on, on messaging and Instagram and Facebook. And we go check it. We don't even have notifications anymore. And we're like refreshing to see if people like we're not that important, you know? So I, I try to limit myself to, to keep productive and I try to comment positive things on Instagram, on Facebook, with emails. I try to see how people are. And I try to limit myself to, to negative things. So I'm here with my, with my baby, with my wife. And I have a little paper on my desk where I write everything that I want to do. So when I have free time and rec- normally I would go on Instagram or other places to waste time. I go on that. I go and see that little sheet of paper, and I'm like, "Oh, this is something that I wanted to see or do for the longest time." It could be a TED talk, it could be a movie, it could be a book, it could be the the uh, the bootleg Wolf of Wall Street videos, and and then I don't waste any time. I just constantly feel like I'm productive, and in a time where it's like crisis mode, like right now, where people feel anxious because they're not being productive it's important that you do feel productive even if that does not mean that you're making cash out of it. yeah i totally see where you're coming from and i'm the same my phone's on silent <laughs> and i mute all my group chats don't tell my friends <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah and i only see messages when i see them and you get you get to me when you get to me. And yeah, I like the idea of keeping a note there with all the things that you planned on doing. That's a great way to just like keep focused and have things um, there. And when you have the time, you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, I almost forgot about that. And you can go back to it. So that's, those are great um, um, things that you're doing. And I'm glad that you were able to share that with everyone. I know you've, you've given a lot of advice and that will be useful to a lot of people. Can you share some encouraging words for fellow artists, creatives, and business owners? Yeah. I could talk about this for two days. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so as, uh, as Steph knows from, from my participation in the roundtable, and it's not that I come from a bank, but I'm all about money. I, I, I'm in it to win it. I'm not here to be a starving artist until I die. I'm... I'm here to, to make money and help my fellow artists and newcomers and immigrants because I, I, this is why I'm not scared of this crisis. I quit the bank job making a lot of money to go into a crisis. Like I quit three years ago. My income decreased 70% right away. Actually, not, it, it decreased 100%. And I, and I told myself, you have to be like real. What do I have to do? And I'm all about goal setting and, and habits, but now I'm, I'm more about it than before. So I asked myself, what do I have to do to be successful? Because three years ago, and still probably, but more three years ago, when I quit to, to pursue my professional career in stand-up, I'm like, I'm not the best comedian. I'm not the funniest comedian. I'm not the uh, most popular comedian. I'm not, um, I don't have the most contacts. I don't have the most friends. I, I don't have a big network in Canada. How, what would I need to do to be successful where so many have failed and be an artist full time and have failed? 
So I said, I, I have to do something extraordinary. And I started to study extraordinary people. So I, I'm a bit of a sports fanatic. So I started studying Tom Brady, Stephen Curry, Conor McGregor, all, like many of the greats, and, and, um, and Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk and other people that are in, in self-development and some, some musicians or, or, or artists or athletes that have been able to reinvent themselves, Jim Carrey, The Rock, other people. And, and what have they done? You know, what have they done to, to be successful where others have failed? And I started seeing that it's not your talent. First of all, I'm as a comedian, I'm on stage less than like 0.01% of the time of my life. So you have to be a good businessman. You have to be a good marketing guy. You have to be a good uh, relationships builder, connector. You have to be healthy. How, how are you going to perform if you're not healthy? And then I started realizing all the greats, they have a lot of things in common. And so these people, they meditate, they exercise, they journal, they are very grateful. They practice gratitude. They, they visualize. They have vision boards. They, they have clear, like very clear goals. It's not like, oh, maybe, no, no. It's like focused on what they want to achieve. And they have mentors. So I started little by little improving on each of these areas. And to the point where I, I've become someone who I'm proud of. Like I, I meditate, I run, I, I, I do gratitude. I, 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 before I quit, I was like, well, this is the, mo I was 29. Now I'm 32. And I'm like, why would I not take a risk in one of the best countries in the world? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I like, I have to go literally, what's the worst thing that can happen if I don't do well in comedy? Nothing in Canada, nothing. It's like, I could go work at Tim Hortons. I'm perfectly able to. That's the worst thing. I could get a job. That's the worst thing to fight for my dreams. This is like the best country almost in the world, probably. And then I'm like, I don't have a mortgage. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. Like this is the, th like my parents fought for this. You know, they fought for me to be able to have a, ch a chance to fight for my dreams. So what, why would I not go a hundred percent? So I quit. And now uh, I'm married, I have a mortgage and I have kids, but, but it just, it just goes to show that I've become some, and it's by design. Like I've, I've wanted to do everything that I'm doing right now and it's all habits. It's all healthy habits that I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Like I'm not like a magician. I'm just copying what other extraordinary people have done. And when I, what I said in the, in the round table is you, in order to be successful in this, it's like 90% marketing and 10% being good. Am I, am I the best comedian in the world? No, but are more people knowing about me every time? Yeah. And, and do I get to make a living out of it? For sure. So as an artist, we have so many weapons. I think, if you're an accountant and you get laid off, some accountants, and I know because I worked with a lot of them, it's like, sadly, that's their only skill. You, you can't, like you could reinvent yourself, but immediately you don't, 
you don't get to do anything else. You could probably do freelance accounting, but that that's it. As as artists, we we're creative, and that can mean so many things. Like right now, I could help people. Um, I have I have a, a lot of income streams. Obviously, some are paralyzed right now, but I can't perform live. I can't teach people live, and I can't do corporate events. But I could teach people live. I could I could teach comedy live. I could teach public speaking. I could do private. Um, comedy shows, which I've done online recently. And I, I'm working on oh, another thing that I'm working on is on my CRM. So my, the list of clients that I've worked with in the past, like perfectly cataloged by, by company name, email, phone. When was the last time we talked? When was the next time that we're going to talk, etc. And And one of my favorite quotes is the fortune is made in the follow-up. And that's what I tell my friends all the time. It's like, especially the newcomers that they don't want to contact people because they think that 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 the person in, who did not respond the first time hates them. It's like, no, man, they were just busy. So just follow up, follow up, and that will get you the money. And another thing that I realized is that people in corporates where the money's at is they they barely know people. So if you do good the first time they hire you, they'll hire you again. So those are my, I think I just spoke for like four minutes straight. <laughs> okay. I'm hogging this podcast. It's like now though. The- no, not at all. No. It's all about you. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, um, there have been so many encouraging takeaways that you, you've left us with, Stefan. But I mean, yeah. uh, one of the ones that I think I keep on coming back to um, kind of threads throughout what you've been talking to us about is um, just the you know, where there are doubts with the art sector right now and there are uncertainties. I mean, there, our creativity really is our strength. Um, yeah. And we are, you know, trying to find ways to cope when it is business, uh, you know, business is not usual. Um, and, you know, it's, it's challenging for a lot of folks, but we're, we're seeing evidence of people who are really making it work. Um, I mean, even within the context of the working culture team, you know, we've shifted to a virtual workplace. Um, we're making do. We have, you know, a couple of staff members who are really ramping up their their tech knowledge in a, in a very rapid um, um, <laughs> in a period of time. Uh, I yeah. mean, even today, I mean, before we got on the call, I mean, Yomi and I were trying to figure out how to best do this podcast without the resources that we normally have. And I don't mind sharing with you, you and everybody else that, you know, right now, Yomi and I are underneath blanket forts because we, <laughs> yeah. we learned that, um, you know, one of the ways to make sure that the sound quality is consistent is to, uh, to muffle it with, uh, with a blanket. So we're, we're making it work. We're innovating ourselves uh, and, and really trying to, you know, make the best of um, the situation um, just to, kind of bring things to a close. I'm, I'm wondering, Stefan, if you could share, you know, what is next for you? What's next for me would be, what, what's next for me is, I think, getting back to normal. Now, that normal would be a new normal. It's going to be a, a new normal, obviously. But I, I always say this, and, and my, my business partner is, he's also an immigrant. He's from Colombia. And we we're immigrants. Like, I'm not scared of starting again for the seventh time and, and starting from zero. I I did a test on the Tony Robbins pot, um, website, and it said that the, what drives me is uncertainty. <laughs> so, and I'm like, wow, that really that really makes sense because 
because I was in a really good position and I was like, no, nah, you know what? I want to, I want to uncertainty here. I want to, I want to have a rough time and I want to continue to improve in other areas. So I'm just going to quit my juicy paying job to do what I love. So I, what's next? It's to embrace whatever's happening next. I think as artists, sometimes we, at least myself, I, I, it's a constant struggle between my fixed mindset and my, and my growth mindset. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. For example, I'm not going to open a TikTok account because it, it involves too much work if I want to do it well. And then my wife is like, just relax. It's just like one video. You don't have to get a hundred million followers in the first day. And I'm, and, but then it's like, okay, you're right. Then my, my growth mindset comes in and I'm like, okay, just take it day by day and control what you can control. So we, for the longest time, we didn't launch the online workshops because, uh, it takes too much time. We're going to have to film. We're going to have to find a really good website to do it, a platform, blah, 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 blah. And then we're just like, okay, screw it. We're just going to launch it, throw your hat over the wall. And then we'll go, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. The way we're going to execute it is just, just, just have simple zoom calls, like as if we were in person and, and I think my, my advice and, and what's next is just literally the Nike slogan, just do it, execute and, and just, I have to write the word execute on my desk sometimes because I don't do stuff because I want it to be perfect. And, and I'm like, no, dude, just, just do it. And then, and then find out what happens next. And that's what's next, executing, seeing what's next and, and continuing to to evolve in, in the new normal. But what, what really is going to help me and my business is not necessarily the quality of the content or what we do because other people do it really well, like Second City, Absolute Comedy. There's thousands of comedy classes online, but it's the quality of the relationships that we've built, the trust that people have in us. That's what gonna get what's gonna get people coming back, and that's gonna, what's gonna help with the referrals. So people focus on the on on the what too much, and I don't think they focus on the why and the relationships that they've built throughout. So one of our core values at Malpensando is relationships. We value relationships more than money. And, and I think that that's, that's why people keep coming to our workshops. They, they love it. They, they, they feel valued. And I'm sure that we're going to be able to maintain that spirit online as well. Yeah, I really, yeah, great advice. And I really like that um, statement you made. Just do it. Really, that's what everyone should be taken into account. Things might be tough right now. However, if there's something in the back of your mind that you feel that you just want to try out, to do, or to learn about, just do it. Yeah. And I think that's a great way for us to end. Um, thank you so much, Stefan, for joining us today. This is a really, really great conversation. Yeah, I'm happy. I could be here for another eight <laughs> hours. It wouldn't be a listenable podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Working Culture, 
hosted by Lisa Fiorulli and Yomi John, and edited by Santiago Bedoya. If you like our episodes, we'd love to hear your comments. And please subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you want more Hustle & Thrive, check out our website at creativeworksconference.com. Join us again.